Good morning, Central Coast. It's fantastic to be here today. You're talking with Jason from the Be Connected Breakfast Show. I'm here today with Michael Gladkoff from Word Nerds. Hi, Michael. How are you going? Oh, great, Jason. Beautiful. Look, it's great to have you here. I've, I've had a little bit of business going on with you for a few months now. Um, just tell me, tell me a little bit more about Word Nerds. Okay. Well, we provide communication services, so that could be anything for business from copywriting, including like a website, brochure, company profile, capability statement, uh, also editing and proofreading. We edit all types of books and publications, including paperback books or eBooks. Could be an annual report. Uh, speech writing, we, we write speeches for business people that need to speak at important events and create presentations. So that's probably the main thing. Also business writing, things like proposals, tenders, things that um, maybe aren't as exciting. So, but So all the stuff that business owners hate to do you can actually take care of it for them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do it, do it in a way, do it in a way that's more persuasive and more effective and easier to read basically. Yeah. And, and, and how did you, how did you get into that sort of business? What's, what's the backstory of, of Michael and word notes? Okay. Uh, I started, I wasn't really the type of person that wrote for the high school newspaper or the uni newspaper. I got into writing when I, I joined Toastmasters, if you're familiar with that group Yep. in um, when I was in uni and uh, I wrote a lot of speeches, and this was at an early age, I think it was around 19, and I wrote speeches at that time, and I, I continue with that, and I'm still a member at my local group all these years later, but that, that gave me an interest in writing, and later in the 90s, I had my own businesses where I had a, uh, a mail-order catalog company, if you remember the days before the internet where you had mail-order catalogs. <laughs> so a while ago, mate. Yeah, yeah, and I had a catalog where I was importing products and I, I was writing the descriptions, so I got exposed to copywriting that way. And I had to tell stories about different products. And I really, I was working in the publishing industry, more on the sales side, for quite a few years. I worked for some, some bigger names like Read Business Information and also uh, Thompson publishing which became thompson writers but then i decided i wanted to do my own writing and freelance writing so i started word nerds in 2004 and i started with a you know very very low amount of money and uh, just grew from there i started at a time when people were needing content for their websites it was websites were pretty basic back then so just around then people were starting to do blogs and other types of content. So it was, was a good time to get into the business. And I've, I've helped quite a few businesses over the years. Probably at last count was over 800 companies and individuals that I helped with their communication needs. So, so you've gone from being a, a writer, like a freelance writer, to I'll actually set up a business and get my own clients. Was, was that a difficult transition to do? Did, did you struggle or, or was it relatively easy? No, not really. Not, no, it's, um, I, think, I think at the time I was doing more advertising online. So it was a time when, um, in the beginning, it was when, when Google AdWords first came out, I think probably just around that time. And I started doing ads on there and I it was amazing. It was really easy and not that competitive at the time where I put an ad up and maybe a day later, I got a call from a major multinational company that needed help with their writing. Beautiful. Nice and easy. That's, that's a yeah, good yeah, way it was, to it's, it's a completely different scenario out there now, though, isn't it? It's, it's, it's an absolute minefield is all the Google AdWords and Facebook and stuff like that. So Yeah, exactly. Because I remember, like, if you type in copywriting or copywriter at the time uh, when I was advertising through that, there would be an, two other companies in Australia that came up and now – it's like everybody is, is trying to do the same thing. A lot of people are. 
Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, you know, small small micro businesses out there that say, oh, I'm a copywriter. Uh, but I, I know that you've got quite a, an extensive educational background uh, in that. I believe you've, you've got an MBA and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, whereas a lot of people out there, they're going, oh, I'll just give it a go. I know how to hold a conversation. Surely I can write something. So what we're going to do, going to have a quick break, uh, listen to a bit of music, probably listen to a bit of news, uh, and okay. we'll be back straight after this.
down past the gas house by the meat factory door. The five damn boys were coming on strong. The Saturday night city beat had already started, and the, the punks of the corner boys just sprang into action. And young Billy watched in the yellow street lights and said, Tonight, up all night, it's gonna be a flight fight. So I'm still here with Michael and we're having a great conversation about uh, how he came to create Word Nerds and what he actually does. And, and there are a lot of things that we went through earlier, Michael, saying that this sort of stuff that you do. Now, as, as a small business owner myself, one of my pet peeves is sitting there for hours and hours and hours 
to write just two or three lines of text for a Facebook ad. And and I always seem to get it wrong. And I know that, that copywriting on that sort of thing, it's, it's, it's a very, very uh, effective if you can get it right. So can you, can you tell me a little bit more about what you bring to the party in, in regards to copywriting? Yeah, I think there are certain things you can do, basic tips for copywriting, and I'll just go over a few of these. One is to really know your audience and know who the buyer is. I think that when you have that idea in your mind, that really clears up a lot of the questions. And this this comes into play, especially if you're in a technical area where you need to explain things. Because sometimes you might need to educate a customer on your product or service before they could even consider buying it. Uh, and you, things like using acronyms people might understand or different systems or processes, definitely you need to understand that. Uh, understanding um, what are their pain points and challenges? I think standing in their shoes really helps to when you're writing copy, whether it be a website, a brochure, uh, a, a Facebook post. I think that's very important. The other thing is to keep it very simple. And I think there's so much information out there. We're just over overloaded with information these days and getting into too much detail uh, can bog people down. It's one thing if you want to have a blog, a blog post and go into more detail, but I think on, on some, you know, your landing pages where you're selling your product or service, uh, people want to keep it simple. Just that they want to know what you have to offer, know the benefits, and uh, make a decision from yeah. there. I have to completely agree with that. So my, my background, believe it or not, and I'm terrible at copywriting, is actually advertising and marketing. Uh, okay. I used to work for the, the the Yellow Pages, and I worked at, at Yellow Pages just as this new concept called out came out called turn yellow into gold. And people went from having loads of pictures to having so much text in their ad. Their ad actually became uh, a, a sales presentation. And you try and do something like that now, and it, it just dies completely. But you, you, you want something just nice picture. And I think you, you're absolutely right, something nice and basic, because there, there is too much information. You've got microseconds to get people's information, and they're not going to read 40, 50 lines of a Facebook post. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to get the gist, they want to get it straight away. So, um, uh, what uh, what I'd like to find out because uh, I'm trying to get into your creative mind here, um, because there's that many different sorts of businesses out there, and obviously, copies and ideas would differ from for, for each business. Mm-hmm. And you're in a situation that you deal with all of these businesses, but you've not worked in these sorts of businesses. So, h- how do you get around that? You know, how how do you manage to write copy for businesses you've never worked in? Okay. I think it starts with researching, basically, interviewing the people that own a business and run the business, finding out about their customers, their products, their services, really getting into detail, learning about them, studying what they do, and getting a good understanding. I think that's really the first step. Uh, when I first started, I wrote a uh, company profile for a major multinational, and they they gave me probably you know a decent sized box of documents and papers that I had to go through. So I boiled boiled that down into their company profile, which was only about twenty pages. So it's a matter of doing the research and really getting an understanding of the business, the customers, and knowing what what the challenges are of the customers, and also like I said earlier, the benefits of the product or service and how that solves the problem of the customer. So you're probably spending more time researching than you are actually coming out with the ideas. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> well, once you do the research, you can come up with the ideas. It's just yeah. when you don't do the research, without researching, you're not going to know. And that's what I say when I'm writing a speech is the first thing I ask is what type of group are you speaking to? What's the event? Uh, who's in the audience for a speech as well? 
So, so knowing your audience, and that'll determine a lot, a lot of the way that I write the speech, or it could be a website or whatever the content is. Okay, so the concept of, of, of coming up with ideas probably leads me into to my next question. So if anybody out there is, is thinking of setting up their business, now that there's a lot of new businesses starting to come along since COVID. Uh, I mean, stats that I've actually managed to pull myself from the Australian Bureau of Statistics is normally over a year in Australia, a couple of years ago, there'd be about 100,000 new business Australian, new business registrations each year mm-hmm. in the country. In, in the last six months of 2020, there was 200,000 just wow. in that six-month period. Mm. And, and one of the things that I noticed was that half of those didn't even register for GST. So we've got this birth of this micro-business coming yeah. along. These people are not planning on making $75,000 in their business. We're, mm. we're really at a point that people have turned their hobby into a business, and these people now have to move to that ne- next level. So when it comes down to coming up for ideas, what tips would you have for anybody that's looking at either starting a business or, or pushing from that micro into a small business in regards to things like, picking the right company name, coming up with some slogans and taglines. What what tips would you have on something like that? Okay. Well, on the slogans and taglines, I, I would say do something memorable that's that's catchy, that's easy to remember. And one thing that I do is uh, also I do training. I teach people about persuasive writing, and that's using figures of speech. So things like alliteration and metaphors. So, for example, some of the top names, business names in the world use these figures of speech for you have things like uh, uh, in the U.S. You have Bed, Bath, and Beyond using alliteration of the B sounds. Uh, you also have many companies that use three elements. And eBay's is uh, buy it, sell it, love it. Uh, things like Coca-Cola is mm. a good name because it has a, the, the two K sounds. And you use also metaphors, and this is more like uh, you see some of the major companies around the world using metaphors. So in the United States, there was uh, Chevy trucks that say "like a rock," which is a metaphor. Mm. Uh, excuse me, a simile. It's a simile, yeah. Yeah, simile. And um, also try to just be memorable in that way. And there's there's many of those that I talk about and teach about that you can use to be memorable. And also... Uh, like you're starting a creative business. One thing I noticed is, you know, don't you don't use your name. I, I know I know that was like a thing, like in the '60s, you know, like Sachi and Sachi and things like that. But I think that's that's boring and it shows a lack of creativity. Like yeah. using your name for a creative business doesn't make sense, especially in this day and age. <laughs> So let's move on to things like like website copy because if they're setting up a business, the next thing mm. they're going to need is a website. So this is sort of a double barrel question. Yeah. Number one, what's some of the biggest mistakes you think people make when they're creating copy for their own website? And number two, what are the best things that they can do so they can actually get a higher search ranking on Google? Yeah, the, the website copy, one thing about a website, you want to just keep it nice and clean, lean and clean. And that means having uh, like paragraphs, don't have a big block of text that's not broken up, having subheadings so it's very easy to navigate keeping your sentence sentences not too long. There's a thing called readability um, that is based upon how easy it is to read writing. And on a scale of one to 100, there's a scale called the uh, flesh reading ease, which you can use on Microsoft Word and other programs. And that shows you how easy it is to read your writing. And some of the factors that go into that are sentence length. So the longer the sentence and also uh, average number of syllables per word. So if you're using complicated words and long sentences, it's going to, going to be more difficult to read. So keep, keep the sentence length down and also 
try to use the simplest words possible. Yeah. goes back to that attention span we were talking about earlier on, really, doesn't it? You know, they they don't have time to read lots to make it nice and short and sweet. Now, look, I I could sit here and and talk to you literally for hours and and try and get tips in regards to copywriting, but there's a few other things I want to go through. So this is the last question I'm going to bring up on copywriting for you. So uh, apart from websites, what are the best things out there uh, for people to be promoting themselves and, you know, how are they going to get that message out and the best way to do that? Okay, yeah. The, well, so of course, there's social media, which you want to connect to your website anyway. But there's things like uh, company profiles, and uh, I've written quite a few of those where, where basically you, you explain your business and talk about your history. But sometimes that's more for an established company, having a company profile where you talk about what you do, not necessarily selling your products or services, but more to gain credibility with the company profile and uh, going into details you know, about your history. But if you're a new business, you can always talk about the founders and their history and their accomplishments as well. So okay. that, that, in, that doesn't really matter. Also, there's a capability statement, and I've, I've done quite a few of those for companies that want to work with government and councils that require that. And a capability statement is, is basically like a resume for your business where you talk about what you do, the types of things you're able to do, your history. You mentioned some of your top projects uh, that you've done for companies. You talk about you know, the, the detailed things like the type of insurance you have and your uh, occupational health and safety policies, sort of more of a technical document that talks would, about what you can do for people. Would, would, you, would you recommend, because you're a man of experience in this, would you recommend using your why because that that seems to be a big thing these days it's why you've gone into business would you would you suggest using that when you're first starting out in business yeah sometimes yeah you could talk about uh tell a story that maybe you saw a need for this product and you had the experience you saw a need for this product or service and you had the experience so you decided to to do that maybe you, if you if you saw a lack of something in the market and you believe that you could bring something new and different and tell your story and tell your history about maybe how you've done that for somebody else. So the people leaving the corporations now, people that, you know, the, the uh, great resignation that they're talking about and starting a business, you can talk about how you had all these skills that you used in the corporate world or, or government. And now you're bringing those to solve problems for businesses. Fantastic. So I, think, all right. I think a why is important. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We've got to pay some bills and run some ads and listen to a bit of music, but I'll be back straight away.
Welcome back here, here with Jason and Michael, Michael from Word Nerds, and uh, we're just having a general chat about certain things like copywriting, speech writing, that sort of stuff. We, uh, we're now going to have a quick chat with Michael about speech writing because we know he does a lot of that. Uh, how, how did you get into actually becoming a professional speech writer for people, Michael? Yeah, like I mentioned before, I was in Toastmasters from a young age and I gave a lot of speeches. So I developed the skills that way. And I think I wrote around 60 speeches before I started doing it professionally. Uh, the first one I wrote professionally was I think in 2005. And actually it was a speech uh, for a lady that was presenting at a conference in Singapore. It was a keynote speech. So that was a, you know, like a 45 minute speech as my first project. And when she came back, she, she told me it was successful and it worked worked very well. So that really motivated me to focus on that area because I had the experience of doing that. And I used all the elements of speech writing, things that apply to many other areas of writing. Like I said before, like knowing your audience, uh, keeping a clear and simple message. Sometimes people have only, you know, you might have five or 10 minutes to speak. And in that type of time frame, you don't, you don't have time to cover five different topics or 10 different topics, you need to stick to one simple message. Otherwise, it's, it's going to be too confusing. Yeah. Now, now, the, the next question I've got for you is probably, it, it, it's, it's a, I think it's a good question to be asking with everything that's going on in the world at the moment. We, we, we really have a lot of political correctness going on. Mm. And, and so people, I think, tend to try and avoid using humour in some of their speeches, some oh look, I'm I'm typical for it. I'm 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 a typical salesman. I've been doing it for thirty years, and sometimes I'll crack a joke, and everybody loves it, and it's absolutely brilliant. Other times, people will just look at me as if I've shot their dog. Um, so, any tips on? Because I, I know humour is good to engage yeah, yeah, people when definitely. you're doing a speech, but any tips on on when you're actually doing that? Yeah. I think, well, you know, avoid the, the typical things like, the, you know, the stereotypes or any type of like racial things. I think that's a good idea just in general. Uh, you, can, you can be funny many other ways without doing that. Yeah. The other thing is 
be relevant to your topic as far as how you use humor. Humor should be connected in some way to what you're speaking about or to the audience, uh, to the event. It should, should have some kind of tie-in connection. And if you're not the type of person that tells jokes, you know, to your family or friends, or you don't have good timing at telling funny quotations. So you can find humorous quotations on any topic. Uh, things like computers, accountants, um, anything you want to speak about, banks. You can always find, a, just go into Google and type in uh, funny funny computer quotes or funny accounting quotes or something like that. And you'll get a whole collection of quotes that are funny that you can just pick pick a few and use those. So, so definitely script it, don't ad lib it. Because <laughs> that's where yeah, I fall exactly, out Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and just, just keep it on topic. Um, Coming up with a joke that has nothing to do with with the event or the audience or the topic is is not really that effective. No, worries. I, I get that completely. Like I said, sometimes I've had lived and and yeah, it's just it's just dropped. It's like hmm, maybe I shouldn't have said that. So look, what what's the best way when when somebody's giving a speech? What's the best way to finish it off to make sure it's memorable? Make sure it's actually done what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, there's several ways you can end a speech and always it's good to have a, a call to action. So this is what, you know, this is what you should do. If you're trying to change somebody's ideas or trying to get them to buy your product or service, you can have an inspirational ending, a, a story at the end of the speech. You can use a quotation that highlights what you've been talking about, a, a famous quote or something that, that really stands out, express gratitude, thank the people that, that invited you to speak or set up the event. Uh, you can review what you've gone over at the end of the speech. So if you had three major points in your speech, you could say today we talked about A, B, and C. So just review it so people have it clear in the mind. And also use figures of speech, like I mentioned before. One, one way to end a speech is to use, a, uh, use three elements. So the, the rule of three, where you have three elements at the end. And... Um, so you have you have three items that you use in a sentence that that match each other. I think that's very effective. Okay. So so with with the copywriting, whether you're writing copy for a web page, whether you're doing it for a social media post, or, or whether you're writing a speech, at the end of the day, it all comes down to persuasive language. Yes. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. What What do you think are the essential elements of making sure you're using that correct persuasive language? Okay. Yeah, like I said earlier, the figures of speech, which are important, and also the elements of persuasion, they, they go back to uh, Aristotle's rhetoric uh, 2,500 years ago, where he talked about the three foundations of persuasion, which are ethos, pathos, and logos. Uh, ethos is character, so that's you know who you are and your credibility. Uh, pathos is emotion, your emotional connection. And logos is logic. So having a balance of those is good. You don't want one too much of one or the other. But uh, pathos is by many considered to be the most important because we make decisions emotionally. That's why storytelling is so important. And they found that actually people that had um, injuries that damaged part of their brain, it's called the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that that um, is for, for uh, uh, emotions is, is also for decision-making. So when they, they, they injured the part of the brain the emotional part of the brain, they weren't able to make decisions anymore. 
So that's led to the belief that decisions are made emotionally. And the uh, sales trainer, Brian Tracy, you probably heard of him, said that uh, we buy emotionally. And then after that, we justify rationally. So you want to have that emotional connection. And you also want to have the logic in there as well, plus the ethos, the, the credibility. If it's the credibility of you or your company, uh, there's ways you can you can bring that up. It's, it's the no-like trust, isn't it? People are only going to buy from people they know, like, and trust. Exactly. So you exactly, need the ethos yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No worries. So look, when, when you're writing a speech for somebody or, or you're, you're, I can understand if you're doing somebody's website, they've given you a brief and they've, they've given you this story and you've just got to put the right wording in there. But when you're writing somebody, uh, something like a speech, how do you find the, the best stories to use in that speech? Yeah, I think um, either I'm interviewing the person that's delivering it. So they have a story to, to tell we go back to their history or the, their situation in business. It could be a, a case study from their business where they help the client solve a problem, come over, overcome a challenge. So it goes, goes back to that research again we were talking about research, earlier. Research, yeah. So. And, and if they don't have a story themselves, you can always find um, a relevant story. I found many good stories just by researching online, finding a, a story outside of their experience that helps back up their, their message. Fantastic. I'm here today with Michael Gladkoff from Word Nerds. We'll be back after this quick break.
husband don't know what he's done Kids don't know what's wrong with mom She can't say, they can't see Putting it down to another bad day
Welcome back to the Be Connected Business Show. You're here with Jason, and today I'm here with Michael from Word Nerds. We've been having a chat about things like copywriting and speech writing and persuasive language, and if you're running your own business, this is something you really need to get your head around, and if you can't, you need somebody like Michael. So we'll be finding out a little bit more uh, about how we can get hold of him and what exactly you can actually do for your business. But before I do that, I just want to run through a, another couple of services that I know he does offer. Uh, so I'm, I'm working with Michael. I'm writing a book, uh, and Michael's going to do my editing and proofreading for me. So, Michael, tell me, first of all, what's the difference between proofreading and editing? Editing is more of a high level. So things like... Editing, when you're doing the editing, you're looking at the structure as well. And so that would be, for, let's say you're editing a book, you're looking at how the chapters are set up. Sometimes people might have a chapter that should proceed in another one. So they might not have the chapters in the right order. And that's more like, that's what we call um, 
structural editing. So that's that's one of them. The, the other thing is um, copy editing is where you look at more of the, uh, the sentences themselves. So how the words are used, things that I've talked about before, like keep, keeping your writing simple, using the simplest words possible, uh, not being too wordy. And then finally, proofreading, that's the final stage where you look for minor errors, mistakes, things like spelling, punctuation, grammar, and you, you find the smaller things that you need to to work on. And that's usually at the stage, let's say you're doing a book where you actually, you have the design book ready to go. And then you go through and you do the final proofreading. So that's the final stage of the process. So, so from your experience of, of writing books, you've actually led directly into my next question there. From, from your experience of writing books, what would be your recommendation for somebody who has no experience in writing a book at all? Okay. I would say that you should, um, this is, this is talking about a uh, nonfiction book. So a how-to book or book yeah. about your yeah, skills. Business book, yeah. yeah, business book, yeah. So I would say to, first of all, organize your ideas. Have, have a basic premise. What What is this book going to do for the reader? And then look at your expertise, your experience, your knowledge, and organize that into chapters. So typically a, a business book will have 10, 12 chapters. So think of the major chapters of the book and how that would be most logically set up. Once you understand the chapter structure structure, have that worked out, you can then go down to the subheadings where you have different knowledge based upon that. So going into the, the introduction of the chapter and then breaking that down into the different aspects of, of subheadings or different subtopics that you want to cover in each chapter. Once you do that, uh, one, one way to, to really write a book is to, it's recommended is to, if you can do this, is record it, do a transcript. Once you have the, the, the chapters and the subheadings, just go through and read out a recording of each subheading and chapter, and then take that recording and get it transcribed by a professional transcriber that can listen to your recording. And once you've done that, um, it'll probably not be that well organized. That's where you can send it to an editor. An editor can fix that up and put it into a a format that's easy to read and and flows logically. Fantastic. So look, what would you recommend? Last last question. What would you recommend uh, for people who would actually want to become a better writer? How are they going to be able to do this? Yeah, I would say to uh, read, read a lot in general and just see how other people do it. So if you want to write business articles, read a lot of business articles. If you want to write about sales, read a lot of sales articles. Also, there's a lot of good books on copywriting and websites and resources you can use on how to be a persuasive writer. Uh, it again, comes back down to the research, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Look, Michael, you've spent a lot of time uh, helping me and helping the people that are listening. So I'd like to flip it a little bit now and, and I'd like to give you a little bit of time to shine to say thank you. So look, tell us a little bit more about uh, what you've got to offer out there and how people can find and connect with you. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, Word Nerds is a company and the uh, web address is wordnerds.com.au and that's where you can find information about copywriting, uh, editing and proofreading, speech writing, business writing. I also have a blog on there where I offer tips on different types of writing. And my other website I have is called Speech Power. It's speechpower.com.au. And that's focused strictly on uh, speeches for business and government. So more of a professional speeches where uh, Ned also has a blog on there where I, I talk about tips for uh, speech writing and presenting. And Speech Power, I also have a book um uh, called Speech Power, The Leader's Guide to Creating Powerful Speeches and Presentations. And that's also available on Amazon. Uh, if you just go in and type in Speech Power or type in my name uh, and search in Amazon, and that's available uh, on Kindle as well. 
Beautiful. Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I really appreciate you coming along. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. I enjoyed it. Make the only sound.